First Kings chapter 14, we're going to look at this chapter tonight. A funny story. I was preaching one. I was going to preach one night, uh, one morning. I'm sorry, in this church, and uh, a long time ago. And pastor introduced me. I'm coming in. I, I got my iPad open and got my Bible. I got in the pulpit, and my iPad went black. <laughs> and I was like, Lord, I need your help because <laughs> I don't have nothing here. And I began. I knew the introduction. I knew. The, I knew the points by heart, but. Uh, as I was going through, and I think came back on. I don't know why that was. I think I was being tested that night. <laughs> could I preach without an outline? I think I could. But anyway, tonight we're going to look at first. Uh, let's l- read uh, this uh, a few verses in First uh, Kings chapter fourteen. Yeah, look what it says there. And that time, uh, Abijah the son of Jeroboam fell sick. That's fourteen verse one. And Jeroboam sent to his said to his wife. Arise, I pray thee, and disguise thyself, that thou be not not known to be the wife of Jeroboam, and get thee in Shiloh. Uh, Behold, there is a a Hijah, no, be careful, there is a Hijah and Abijah here, and the prophet which told me that I should be king over this people. And take with thee ten loaves of uh, cracked meals, I believe that's what it is, and a cruise of oil, and go to him, he shall tell thee what shall come of the child. And Jeroboam's, Jeroboam's wife did so and arose and went to Shiloh and, uh, and came to the house of Ahijah. But Ahijah could not see, for his eyes were set by reason of his age. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, so much for this passage of Scripture. And I pray, Lord, uh, help us, Lord, to, uh, and keep in mind, Lord, that we cannot deceive you, Lord. You see everything. You know everything. And Lord, I pray, Father, help us tonight to learn from this passage that we cannot hide ourselves and try to disguise ourselves to deceive you. Lord, I pray, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, do you remember the masks that most of us use during COVID-19? And some people still use it. And uh, my job, you see, some of them, uh, if people get sick, they come to church, come to work with uh, uh, those masks. So unfortunately, I use those things like 10 hours a day for the whole period. We were not allowed to walk in a facility without a, a mask. And actually, we kind of joked about it because we put a zipper, you know, and when we need to eat, we just unzip and eat and zip it back up. I mean, that was, <laughs> but no, that was the joke. But we were <laughs> allowed to actually take the mask out and eat, they put it back on immediately. It was just, uh, it was some, some days, you know. Uh, but I went through that in the, work, in the workplace. So those masks did, uh, did uh, hid most of our faces. I mean, you know, depending on type of mask. You, some, I mean, some masks will make you laugh. It looked like, a, uh, I have a guy one time had a mask who looked like a duck. He had, like, <laughs> he had a white mask going this way. It looked like a, I was like, wow. <laughs> but anyway, but uh um, but those masks hid most of our faces. They're, su- they're, supposed, they're, they're, they're supposed, or the purpose was, was supposedly was to protect others and protect yourself from COVID. Of course, we know that. So now I'm not going to talk about COVID tonight uh, on the political aspect of COVID because some people are very for the masks. Other people care less about the masks. And we never had come to an end here about different opinions. I'm not going to talk about masks. I'm just going to use this example tonight because the title of the, ma- of the message is Un- uh, Unmasked by G- Before God. Unmasked Before God. Uh, so some people, are, I'm going to get to this. So um, what I want to talk about tonight is the different masks that people use on everyday life. Some people use masks every day. They have a mask for every occasion. You mean they have a mask 
to certain people. They, they approach them. They put a mask on. They have a mask for the front, the French person, a mask for the French person. They even have a mask towards God and towards God's house. They put the mask on when they walk in. They take the mask out when they walk out and put the French mask. So when tonight we're going to talk about mask, uh, uh, unmask before God. Can I mask myself up to a point that God won't recognize me? Well, that's what we see here tonight. You know, what we see here tonight, Jeroboam's kid got very sick. Jeroboam didn't want to go, so he told his wife, you dress differently. You, you make yourself in a way that nobody can recognize you, and you go ask the man of God well, about some cure for our child. Like, you know, the man of God's not going to recognize him. We're going to get to that, and God's not going to recognize you. You know, like God doesn't know what's going on here. Uh, so, why? It's because he just wants say the word, Lord, and, that, and, and he shall be healed. Well, you know, it doesn't work that way many times. So, uh, so I'm not going to talk about political, the political arena. I try, maybe I should from time to time, but I, I choose not. But some, from time to time, we need to say something, you know. Uh, seems like people that stand in pulpit these days and talk about political things, they get very popular, you know. Uh, but anyway, that's a different thing. So there are even masks on which people use to try to disguise, like I said, themselves from God. The question is, can they do such a thing? Can people mask themselves up to a point that God won't recognize them? Can a person deceive God to get, to get what he wants? Can a person mask himself to try to disguise himself from God? Will God recognize him? I can mask myself up in a point and dress the friend that you probably won't recognize me. But does God know who I am? I mean, at work, sometimes we have so much, so much stuff on that people don't even recognize you. <laughs> I have one time, uh, uh, this man goes to Naughty Oak Baptist Church, and uh, he, this guy has so much stuff on. I mean, so much stuff on. He had, he, he had a big hat on, and I'm in mean, a hood with, uh, uh, those kids know what it is, uh, a little green trouser all over there as head. He had a face shield. He had goggles on, gloves, stuff. And he goes to me, Pastor Barbosa, how you doing? I'm like, I couldn't recognize the person. I had no idea who he was. And he lifted the thing up and I'm still going, who are you? <laughs> and finally he got it out like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> so we can do that. We can, you know, mask ourselves up to a point that people don't recognize us. us. But, but tonight, can we Put a mask on in such a point that God won't recognize us. So I don't want to say this in, in a, an offensive way, but we have all been unmasked before God. Though not everyone wants us, uh, all of us wants to accept that, but we do. You know, how many times, you know, people do things and said God will never find, nobody will ever find, not even God. And God has ways to bring that to the light of day. So in 1 Kings 14, King Jeroboam tried to get something from God by deception. He even uses his wife in his deception, in his plan, pre-planned, premeditated. So let's look at this from several points tonight. Can, can, so oh, unmask before God, unmask before. Number one, missing the point, missing the point. Isn't it amazing that so many people do things without, without any thinking? Isn't it amazing that Amazing that so many people do things because others tell them to do, and they do it without even put two thoughts into it. Why are you doing this? Oh, I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? Oh, I don't know. Somebody told me to do it. You didn't even think about it? No. Okay. <laughs> and they never take time to really explore what they are doing, uh, 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 with the things that they're doing. So did the masks really prevent people from getting COVID, folks? But we were like the sheep. We all went to the slaughter with those things, didn't we? Everybody mask up. And why not? I got the mask on and I got COVID myself. Ain't that wonderful? You know, I got the mask and I got COVID. And most people that work with me got masks. They were, <coughs> you know, coughing all over the place. Oh, are you, you have COVID? Oh, I don't have COVID. <coughs> so anyway, <laughs> same interesting. But, uh, you know, but there, there was a, this thing out there. If you put the mask on, you won't get nothing. Okay. Right, let's keep going. <laughs> so, oh, do masks really prevent God from seeing 
who we really are. What I'm trying to, to uh, uh, what, what are we trying to hide from the Lord that we have to wear a mask to disguise ourselves so he doesn't know who we are? Can such a thing even be possible? Can I mask myself up that I, God won't recognize me? Do you think when Jonah came out of that whale all bleached, do you think God recognized him? Folks, he was three days in the belly of a fish. You know, the digesting process went on, and, and of course, he was tumbling all over that stomach in that whale, and he got bleached with those acids and stuff. Do you think when he came out, God did not recognize him? Sometimes we think it's a good story. You know, he just came out, and he, he had a candle, a little table there, and, and, and he came to the shore, and the wave just like opened the mouth, and he walked right out. Oh, folks, that's not where the way it was. He was spit out. Floop. <laughs> You're like, she just throw up, you know, go, boom. There he goes, there he goes, Jonah. And the show all bleached and white. I'm like, uh, I wonder. But anyway, <laughs> uh, did God, God recognize him? Of course he did. So anyway, so now, Jeroboam was the present king in Israel. Solomon has been king over uh, all 12 tribes of Israel. And in the peak days of, of king, of, of this king, Solomon early years, we're, we're wonderful, but he drifted away, we know that, from God. The consequence is that the kingdom would be divided. And it was divided because whom? Rehoboam. Rehoboam told that his buddies had better counsel or counseling than the older men that live long and know better. So he took the counsel of the young man, and guess what? It split the kingdom. It split Israel, the, the, the nation of Israel. And now we have two kings. And of course... We have Jeroboam, and we have Rehoboam. So right now, we, do, we, we move on from these guys. So to, to stop people from going to Jerusalem to worship, Rehoboam put places of worship in Israel. Of course, we see this in Bethel and in Dan. He created a religion of convenience for the people of the 12 tribes. So you don't have to go to Israel. I can accommodate you. I'll make something for you. Oh, folks, we have a lot of religion of convenience out there. We, la- we have a lot of churches of convenience. Oh, we do this for you. We even get, we have a Cadillac waiting for you. I'm, I'm just exaggerating. Uh, and we would do all those things for you. We have a lot of religions of convenience out there these days. So God was deeply opposed to it and angry with Jeroboam from leading Israel astray. Even though the man of God himself ended up die, uh, dying in clear proof that God meant was his word, Jeroboam wouldn't change his ways. The gold, uh, the, 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 the statues were there, and the place of worship still there. So, but let me give you this. But now, here in First Kings chapter 14, Jeroboam has a problem. His son is terribly ill. What do people do when all else fails? What do they do? They turn to God, don't they? Jeroboam did what he wanted to do. Lived the way he wanted to do. Even made a religion of convenience for all the people. And they all went to church because that's what he told. You guys going over there. But now something happens. This child gets sick. Very sick. Now God is interfering. More, more accurately, they, they turned to people who they know worship God. Because he didn't went to God himself. He went to the man of God. Isn't that what people do? Folks, how many unsaved people come to you and say, would you pray for me? And they come to you when they're really in despair, when they're really hurting. I'll give you an example. There's a man in my job called Mike. Mike is very boastful, loud, obnoxiously loud. Like, I mean, loud. I mean, everybody knows that this guy is at work. It's like, can you please tone it down a little bit? And he gets louder. I mean, really, I mean, and nobody can. For the past two days, he's been quiet. And nobody cares. But I approached him today. I said, Mike, is everything okay? Uh, you can talk. It's okay. I know that the Mike that we know is not here. He's here, but he's troubled. Very, very troubled. You know what? They're open to the people that are going to take them serious to the people of God so Jeroboam right here goes to the man of God 
So Jeroboam one turned to God himself in prayer. But he remembered that the prophet Ahijah, he told him that he would be king. That was a very good that, that was very good news at the time for him. He was the man that he needed to go to. So he remembers remember Ahijah and he said, Maybe he would give me some good news about my child. Clearly, he didn't expect any favor from God, but maybe Ahijah could say something from God which could be true. Why he didn't expect much? Because the life that he was living. Maybe God might have some mercy on him. Don't you know, folks, that the people that are not saved, don't go to church, don't put God in their life. Don't you know that their mind bothers them sometimes, from time to time? They're troubled in their mind. When calamities happen, people die, sickness, they have no hope. Listen, they're humans just like we are. And they have emotions and feelings just like we are. So he comes out with a plan. Everything's going to be all right in his own mind, he was thinking, because Jeroboam have a plan. The plan was to scheme the prophet and, and God so he could get what he wanted. But he is not part of that plan. He premeditates and involves his wife by including her in the plan. Look at verse 2. And Jeroboam said to his wife, Arise, I pray thee, and disguise thyself, that thou be not known to be the wife of Jeroboam. You see that? I said, you know what? Uh, put some stuff on. Take the, 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 the clothes of a queen out and dress somehow, somewhere. Disguise yourself. So when you go to the man of God, to a hijack, he's not going to recognize you. Interesting. And he said, he, verse 3, he's explaining what, he explains to her what she should do. So he told his wife to wear disguise. She won't go, uh, 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 she won't go with her uh, queen cloths. Uh, he, she's going with the disguise. So could it work? How could, how could, could this stuff work? Could, could he really deceive God so God could say something? Isn't that a prophet in the Bible there that says uh, he wanted the other men, uh, wanted him to curse God or curse the people of God? And every time he wound up blasting the people of God. <laughs> it's interesting. And, and it was amazing. That, that, that's hilarious, uh, that passage. Anyway, here we have a, a king tell his wife, you do this stuff and you go, you know, deceive the guy. So, letter A, we will see a lack of understanding. Look at verse 4. And Jeroboam's wife did so and arose and went to Shiloh and came to the house of Ahijah, but Ahijah could not see, for his eyes were set by reason of age. So this man was old in age, and he, he couldn't see that good. So it was good for her, right? He definitely won't recognize me. Oh, I'm thinking about Jacob deceiving his father. It's like, that's the voice of Jacob. That, that's the, the arm, that, 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 that's not Jacob. <laughs> so Jeroboam in this, in this passage, the displays a lack of understanding of whom he is dealing with. He is dealing with God, and God is not a man. He's trying to deceive God, and, and God is not a man that you can deceive. Okay, folks, this is, a, this is a picture of our world today, isn't it? People try to play games with God, gamble with God. If you do this for me, I'll do that for you. God, if you do this for me, I'll do that for you. You get this all the time. Oh God, if I if I play this lottery ticket and I for win this lot, I give you I give you this much money. And God looks at you like like do I really want your money? People do those things. I heard in my own ears. I can tell you a lot of stories about that. So how many people in our world are trying to bargain with God? If you do this for me, I do that for you, God. How many people try? All sources of revenues to scheme God so they can get what they want. How many people are guilty before God? And like Jeroboam, they send somebody else to try to fix their problem. And they ask them to wear a mask so that God won't recognize them. So Jeroboam displays two massive misunderstandings here. Two massive misunderstandings here about God. He lacks understanding about God's word. Uh, about uh, uh, I'm, I'm sorry uh, about words from God, uh, from God and 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 uh, words to God. He misunderstands who God is right here, and I think most people in our world don't get saved, don't don't go to a to a, to a church, don't receive Jesus as Savior because they think God is insignificant, powerless, 
They don't see nothing in God that they could attract them to it. Because they, 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 in their mind, they, they create a God that is not the God the way the Bible describes to be. So Jeroboam lacks understanding about God right here. He wants to keep God in the dark about his own motives. And he wants to, to stay in the dark in relation to listen to God's commands. When you go to God, as Jeroboam's wife did, you, want to, you can't disguise yourself because God sees everything. Look what it says in verse 5. And the Lord said into Ahijah. You see, here goes Jeroboam. Uh, this is funny. Look, he's Jeroboam sitting in his throne. Tells his wife, you're going to see the prophet, and this is what you got to do. And she says, yes, sir, I'm going to do this. And she gets this stuff, disguises herself, puts a mask on, then she goes see the prophet. As she's going to see the prophet, look what God says. Look. Look at verse 5. And the Lord said unto Ahijah, behold, the wife of Jeroboam coming to ask a thing of thee for her son. What did God say to, to, the, to the prophet? The wife of whom? I thought she was disguising herself. The plan is not working, folks. She didn't even got there. God already knows who she is. Okay? So, look what it says. For he is sick, thus and thus shall thou say unto her, for it shall be when she cometh in that she shall uh, faint herself to be another woman. God, know what, God knows the plan. God knows the plan of Jeroboam, and God says, listen, she's going to come in, she's going to try to deceive you, and she's going to play like somebody else. Wow. We are all unmasked before God, folks. His knowledge is beyond our comprehension. A total physical and spiritual and mental MRI and a CAT scan combined all, t all, uh, all the time, every day, he sees you better than you see yourself. God sees the wickedness that goes on in our world every day. And it's by his mercy. Believe me, folks. God says his mercies are new every morning. It's by God's mercy that he doesn't consume this whole planet. Because he sees the wickedness of people. Let me put it this way. When is wickedness done or evil done? In the darkness of night, most of it, even though right now he's traveling to the light, right? A lot of things are done in the plain daylight. People are not ashamed anymore. But let me put it this way. You think God can't see through the darkness? Yes, he can. Yes, he can. If you wish to keep things from him, we are only kidding ourselves. Jeroboam didn't fool God. Neither, neither you will or I will. He sees your sin. He sees my sin. He knows our desires. He sees our actions. But for those who will step into God's light and come to him out of sh uh, shadow of darkness and deception, it is good news. Because that's what we were one time. We went darkness of sin and we came to the light. That's good news when somebody gets saved, folks. He loves uh, uh, how you feel even when you can't find wo uh, words. He knows what you need well, even better than you know yourself. He knows what you have done or what you, you are about to do. Above all, he already sees you to step. Uh, uh, he sees you where you are, and when, like right here. She's a coming in. Guess what? God already knows. And God tells, listen, you're going to have somebody come to your house. Might as well give her a cup of coffee, tell her, tell her to sit down, and let her just relax a little bit and tell her what I said. <laughs> Let's look at letter B, a lack, of, uh, a lack of disobedience. Look what it says in verse 1 right here, and uh, 1 Kings 14, 1. And that time, uh, Abijah, the son of Jeroboam, fell sick. Look at verse 2. And Jeroboam, wife said, uh, Jeroboam said to his wife, Arise, I pray thee. A lack of disobedience here. It amazes me how people live their lives doing what they want to do, sending as much as they want, uh, uh, send as much as they please, with no caring for God at all. But when life hurts... They go to God immediately to fix their problem. Some even have the audacity to blame God for it. Well, if God loved me and is that good, he wouldn't let me go through that. You did that to yourself. Don't blame God. Get this. 
They want to go to heaven, but they don't want to go to heaven by God's way. They want to go their way. They want heaven. Folks, who wants to go to hell, folks? Nobody wants to go to hell. Everybody wants to go to heaven. But they want to go to heaven the way they want to, the way they think is the way there. And God says, you're not going to make it. And they reject God's offer. God says, this is the way to go there. And they say, I don't want that. This is the way I want to go. Okay. So we want God's blessings, but we don't want to follow God's commandments. They tell God, they got uh, what they want, but they don't want, they want to heed what God says. Said Jeroboam could have walked in the light of the Lord, but he preferred to walk in darkness. God told him what to do. He tried to keep God in the dark, and he wants to stay in the dark too. He probably thought to himself, some nice words from God would be good, as long as, as I don't have to do any of that other stuff. Just say, the, just say something about the boy, and the boy will be well, and everything will be wonderful. And we will go on. You know what it is? It's what people do, okay? People live the way they want, send as much as they want. When they hurt, or they go to God running, or they look for somebody that is a godly person, or pray for me, I need this. And, and miraculously, if something happens, that, that whatever is gets fixed, you think they go and pray, they're going to praise the Lord and come to God's house and, and live for him? No, they go back to the same where they came from. That was Jeroboam here. Jeroboam has no, no intentions of, of changing his ways. Why do you think he, he tell his wife to deceive him, to, 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 to cover herself so he, he, she wouldn't be recognized? See, Jeroboam wanted, a, 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 wanted the good from the Lord, but he didn't want to obey the Lord. So a Christian, he wasn't, let me put it this way. Let's go to number two. I'm sorry. Number two. You see, a sobering reminder, a sobering reminder. See, Jeroboam's reign is a classic example of life of a life of someone who has been greatly blessed to hear God's word, but has been uh, cherry picked the bits of of uh, bits he wants to hear and ignore the rest. Here's some people. Okay, listen, I'm not picking an, by anybody in the church. So don't don't think I'm doing this to you. Okay, but it's it's very easy. It's very easy for us to sit in the church, hear a sermon, and say, "I like this. I don't like that." I like this, I don't like that. It's like, you know, getting a, 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 a box of cherries, you know, like, oh, I don't like this cherry. Oh, this one looks a little shiny. I like this one. Oh, I don't like this one. So we pick and choose what we want. We cannot do that, folks, to God's word. Listen, we got the whole counsel of God, and we have to take it as a whole. We cannot pick and choose and say, that's the problem of us these days. Then we have a lot of controversy. Listen, we have to take God as a whole. Oh, God, I don't like this. I'm not going to do this. I don't like this. We can't do that. See, a message comes from God to the prophet, and the prophet, of the, the prophet to Jeroboam's wife, and from his wife to Jeroboam himself. So the, the root takes nothing away from the content here. It is God's word to Jeroboam, no matter how many people are involved here. Just as the, the words are, are, are God's word to you, no matter how they came to be, uh, to be in front of you, they're still God's word. If somebody quotes a verse to you, it's God's word. Or you are not reading the Bible, it doesn't matter. It is still God's word. If I'm quoting a verse to you, it is God's word. Oh, but you didn't read from the Bible. I memorize it. Let's see you see the message. So look at three parts of God's answer to Jeroboam. So Jeroboam has a premeditated plan here. He doesn't want to get involved, so he gets his wife involved. And his wife is gone, mm -hmm, go to the prophet's house. She gets there. God already gave the message to the prophet. He already knows that she's coming, but she doesn't know that he knows. And God's going to tell the prophet what to tell this, what to say to this woman. Look what it says. Let him, number one, we see God blessed Jeroboam. God had greatly blessed Jeroboam with amazing privilege and honor. Look at verse 7. Go, tell Jeroboam, thou sayest the Lord God of Israel, for as much as I exalted thee among the people and made thee prince over my people Israel. He's reminding him right here. He says, and rent the kingdom away from the house of David and give it it thee. And yet thou hast not been as my servant David, who kept my commandments, who has followed me with all of his heart, 
to do that only which, which was right in my eyes. So God remind Jeroboam of his blessings to him. Is God good? Yes. God says, Jeroboam, this is what I did for you. Number two, we see God reminds Jeroboam. You see this, Jeroboam isn't just come up uh, with an alternative form of worship of God right here. Look what it says in verse 9. It says, uh, you can't see I serve God and openly disobey his word. Look what it says right here. Verse 8, let's say, and rent the kingdom away from the house of David and give it to thee. And yet thou hast not been as my servant David. We read this verse. But look at verse 9. But has, but, but has done evil above, above all that were before thee. For thou hast gone and made uh, uh, the other gods and molding image to provoke me to anger and has cast me behind thy, be, uh, behind my, uh, thy back. You see, God reminds them. Listen, God says to them, Jeroboam, I, I give you all these blessings. And you didn't serve me like my servant David, but this, you did evil to me. How God knows that? Because the eyes of the Lord are everywhere. The people of this world think the evil that they're doing, God is not, uh, is not aware of it. The Bible is clear what the Bible says. The eyes of the Lord are everywhere. Observing the evil and the good. God sees good and evil every day. You see, God reminds Jeroboam here. Number three, God's judgment on Jeroboam. So Jeroboam has trashed God's word. So now he and his... Uh, 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 male descendants will be burned uh, up like trash, never to arise. Look what it says right here in verse 10. Therefore, strong word, therefore, behold, I will bring evil upon the house of Jeroboam, and I will cut off from Jeroboam him that pissed against the wall, and him that is shut up and left. In Israel, I will take away the remnant of the house of Jeroboam, as a man taken away, dung till he be all gone. Him that die of Jeroboam in the city, that's verse 11, Shall be uh, uh, shall the dogs eat, and him that di uh, died in the field shall the fowls of the year eat. For the Lord has spoken it. Arise thou therefore, get thee to thy own house, and when thy feet enter into the to the city, the child shall die. I don't think this woman expect that stuff. I don't think Jeroboam expect that stuff. But listen, but when we live according to what we want to do. Make, have all these pleasures that we want to do, living away from the will of God, do whatever we want to do. Don't you think ramifications will come about? We don't want to tell people sometimes, I told you so. We don't want to be mean and rude and unkind. But it happens so. Okay. Premeditated plan. I take care of this, wife. I'll show you what I'm going to do. You disguise yourself. Go see the prophet. She's walking there. Well, God is already talking with the prophet. God tells the prophet what's going to happen. She's coming. Oh, what a message she got. And you said, when you arrive there, the child will die. Look, it says in verse 13, And all Israel shall mourn for him and bury him, for he only of Jeroboam shall come to the grave, because in him there is found some good things towards the Lord, God of Israel and the house of Jeroboam. See, but wait, why is God being like this toward Jeroboam? Isn't Jeroboam at least coming to him now? Shouldn't God show a little mercy here? Isn't that what people say? Oh, but I turn to God now. I I'm nice now. Until when? Until things get better, then you go back to where you came from. You see, Here's one thing that people don't understand. God sees the heart and sees what our heart is inclined to. Don't you know that God saw the heart of Jeroboam? See, we want to make all these things. Oh, but he's nice now. He, he, he told his wife to go see the prophet. Folks, God is not a little remote control toy that we can turn on and off whenever we please. You got this? God is not, not a puppet that we can control whatever and make him do whatever we want. How many people think that they can live however they want, do whatever they want, go whatever they want to go, and, 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 and when they need God, they just turn the switch and God is on for them. 
That's the way some people think God is. There are many people who have no regards for God at all, but when life hurts, they run to God expecting Him to fix all their problems. Folks, I've seen, through my years of living, I've seen many people like that. Even Christian people. They live in such disobedience to God. But if some problem happens, God's going to fix it. And as soon as things get fixed, they run back out doing the same thing. Jeroboam did evil in the sight of the Lord. Jeroboam was a man on which God promised many great things. Jeroboam turned his back on God and everything that God stood for. But when life hurt for him and his child was, was ill, Jeroboam won a quick fix from God. Interesting that we don't see a sign of repentance or remorse from his mouth. It's interesting that we don't see him going to his knees and pray and ask God for his child. Didn't David do that? David made a mistake, but David was praying for that child. Even he knew that that child was going to die. And he didn't give up until the child died. We don't see this guy right here, this father, on his knees begging God and asking God for forgiveness. No. He wanted a quick fix. And he wanted his way. Oh, this is Jeroboam's way. This is the way it works. Just go there and do that. And God says, Jeroboam is not the way it works. I am God and you are not. Yet this, when we act this way, only shows that we have the wrong view of who God is. Keep in mind that He is the, only, the one who created us. People don't think those, the, this way. He is the one who has the power above any of us. He is the one who sustains us. He is the one who is holy and merciful. It would, be, it would be much easier for any of us if we would take the Word of God to heart and, and a false full face value and say, this is the God that, that I know. This is the God that I want to serve. But here's the problem, folks. Many people don't want nothing to do with God. Why do you think they curse God all day long? To them, God is insignificant. I have one man that works with me. His name is Grumpy. <laughs> he said to me, he said, he said, I don't want to go to church for so somebody can tell me his opinion about the Bible. I looked at him and said, Mr. Grumpy, did you ever read a Bible in your life? I like, I like it. No. Good. Why don't you read one for a change? At least he was honest. <laughs> you know, read one for a change. You might change your mind. It's not a, I said to him, it's not an opinion. It's just look what God says there. The problem is you don't read and you think, you know, whatever you want to think about God. Let it be, we see a wasted, did I give you this, a wasted opportunity. Look at verse 7 and verse 8. Go tell Jeroboam, I read those verses for you. So clear Jeroboam is a genuine concern about his son. We know him there. For him to send his wife to go to see the prophet, and what the prophet told him before, he has genuine concern for his son. He is in a very dark place looking for a, a, a glimpse of light. He knows that God could heal his son, for he had a personal experience of of, of uh, a frozen and unfrozen hands. He knows that. He knows that Ahijah is a true prophet of God. But here's the problem. Jeroboam wants God's light in a dark place, but he doesn't want to change himself. You got to get this. He knows what God can do. He knew what God did for him, but he doesn't want to change. Anyone got to, got to heal us on the way he wants it. All right. Let me put it this way. Any of us here, okay? Okay, you have kids here. Almost all of us. If your kid is ill, very ill, when you get on your knees and beg God, when you, I mean, honestly, when you go on your knees and beg God, Lord, you know, spare my child, give wisdom to those doctors, give them the proper treatments. I mean, that was something that we do like daily. Why Jeroboam didn't do it? Because his heart was not right with God. That is his problem. You see, turning to God ought to be your 
uh, your first call, not a desperate last hope. It should be our first call, not our desperate last hope. To a Christian united to Christ for all eternity, whenever, whenever time, we should always be in tune with God. The Lord may well answer in, uh, 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 our prayer. Sometimes we choose not to, but I'm telling you, if we are in tune with God, we do a great thing. Let's go to let us see. We see the reaping, the reaping. See from verse nine all the way to verse twelve. We see, but thou hast done evil above all that were before thee, for thou hast gone and made other gods and mold the image to provoke me to anger, and hast cast me behind thy back. Therefore, behold, I'll bring evil upon the house of Jeroboam, and will cut off from Jeroboam him. Then uh, we are reading these verses to you, but anyway. Uh, it said, the, the words spoken to Jeroboam's wife are not happy words, folks. They are words of a sobering judgment. Uh, folks, m- may we always keep in mind that we, we always reap what we sow. And sometimes we, we reap more than what we sow. You know, don't blame God for your bad. Listen, this is goes to me too. Don't blame God for your bad, bad choices. We should blame ourselves. It's not God's fault that we made a bad choice. We can learn from those bad choices and say, Lord, help me not to do it again. But we should not go blame God because literally we lie to ourselves. It's not people like that. It's never their fault. It's always somebody else's fault. So instead of blaming themselves, they blame God. That's an easy way to do it. It's your fault, God. You know, some people even in the audacity to say when they sin, oh, the devil made me do it. Not even the devil can make you do it. You have to do it yourself. Those hands of yours and those feet of yours, they are the ones you, your brain commands, and, and they go do what you want. Those legs, and I mean those feet, and those hands of yours to do things. So we have to be careful with that. So the child, let me put it right here this way. Three things are foretold here in verse 12 to 16. The child will die as soon as she gets home. Number two, he will be the only one of Jeroboam's son to have a decent burial. The rest will will end violently. Number three, the northern nation of Israel will eventually be exiled because of the sin of Jeroboam. Led Led them into. Then sadly, the child will die, did die, when she got home. Look at verse 17. And Jeroboam's wife arose and departed and came to Tarsha. And when she came to the threshold of the door, the child died. Wow. And they buried him and all Israel mourned for him according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by the hand of his servant, Ahijah the prophet. So notice that the last part, according to the word of the Lord. God, listen folks, when God speaks, it will come to pass. The Bible says through the Old Testament that Jesus will come. And when the doctors of the law, when they were asked when the baby was, where the baby is going to be born, they kind of sarcastically said in Bethlehem of Judea. You know what? He was born exactly what God promised he would be born. The Bible says that Jesus will come again. And people mocked that. Oh, yeah, you know what? He will come again because that's the word and the promise of God. He will come again. And blessed are those who believe in that. Over and over, Jeroboam is referred to as as the standard measure of wickedness in Israel. What we got here is actually the stage set for the rest of 1 Kings and 2 Kings. The northern of Israel with bad kings, after bad kings, all repeating the sins of Jeroboam until they're all, they're all in, in exile. And sometimes we think that it's my prerogative. I do what I want to do. Let me tell you, what we do can affect other people. We might not think so, but that's the truth. What we do can affect other people. So let's do it right. You know, let's do right. Let's, let's do things that pleases the Lord so people can affect other people in a good way. Jeroboam, his sin and his wickedness and his evil affect all those kings until they went to exile. 
And even if, as we go through it, it's going to say, and they sent like the sins of the Jeroboam. Always go back to Jeroboam again. They follow Jeroboam's example. We have, a, we have, uh, we have moved very quickly from uh, peak Israel under Solomon to the path of destruction one generation later here. It's interesting. So, we, uh, so as we leave first, King, first and Second Kings for, for a while, and if we do, when we do, we see it, ref- it keeps on reflecting back to Jeroboam's legacy. Because in verse 19 and 20 should, be, should not be skipped. Look what it says. And the rest of the acts, that's verse 19, of Jeroboam, now we word in how he reigned. Behold, they are written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel. And the days which Jeroboam reigned were two and twenty years, and he slept with his father, and Nabat, his son, reigned in his stead. We're going to hear a lot about this man, Jeroboam. Later, you will see a legacy of doom, the legacy of doom. It is a kind of a formula you see here for, for Second Kings. After 22 years as king in Israel, I'm sure Jeroboam's resume was pretty good towards people. Plenty of economics, politics, construction, all sorts of achievements. But for the author here, he says, if you want to know about that stuff, look it up. But if you want to know the spiritual weight and legacy of Jeroboam, it's where it is bad. As we reflect on Christians who have gone to be with the Lord, what do we celebrate? The achievements or their character? When you think about somebody that left, a Christian person that left, what do we talk about? The achievements or their character? What do you think? Their character, right? More than the achievements. All the Christians will... will be remembered for godliness, grace, encouragement to others. More will be remembered as an example to others. Young Christians, you will be pressured to get a good job, get a steady income, buy a nice house, get a better job. And those things are obviously important in our lives, and I'm talking to the young Christians, but more important is your godly character, shining for the Lord and, and lighting the way for others to find Him. So whatever you are on your Christian experience, remember about being that godly character wherever you go. In the workplace. You know what you do? I represent Jesus here. Isn't that true? If you were Christian, When you're out of work, I represent Jesus in my car. What am I listening to? When you go to, I don't know, to the, to the show lines, I represent Jesus here too. And whenever we go, we leave a godly legacy. Because I know the peer pressure. I know the try to fit in thing. And in the workplace, it's very easy to do that. I have young people working with me right now. They try to fit in, try to fit in, try to fit in. One guy was working with me today. And I, I, was, I said, listen, you want to learn or you want to get hurt? Oh, I want to learn. Okay, so listen to me so you don't, you don't get pinched in here, okay? I'm going to say, take your fingers off, take your fingers off, okay? If not, you're going to lose your fingers, all right? If I said, I don't try to be mean to you, I'm trying to help you. You got to listen. Move your fingers out of the way. All those fingers come out. Good. You know, they try to fit in. Calm down. Slow down. It's a good thing to do. That pressure that is out there. You see, work to leave a legacy marked by good example to others, leading them to Jesus. Don't be like Jeroboam. Step into the light. Don't try to hide anything from God. Don't try to put a mask. When you go to work and say, you know, people, people won't recognize you as a Christian. Don't try to see, I'm just a regular folks just like you are. No, you're not. You're a child of God. I'm sorry, but that's who you are. I, know, I shouldn't say I'm sorry, but you're a child of God, whatever you go, and you represent you, God. 
Listen, I don't critique others that swear around me, but I don't. I can't control what comes out of their mouth. Only thing I can control what comes out of my mouth. Step into the light. Don't try to hide who you are. Don't put a mask to disguise yourself. Don't avoid talking about Jesus if the opportunity comes up. Walk in the light. Don't hang around in the shadows. And only ask for light when you are in trouble or stumbling. Walk in the light, close to Christ, united to Him. Live for Him 24-7. And light the way. Don't be like Jeroboam and sends his wife and uh, like he tried to hide from the Lord and God already knows when he arrives. I'll conclude with this. There are masks on which many people use to try to disguise themselves from God. As we can see from our lesson, no one can disguise himself from God. There's nothing that you and I can do that God is not aware of. Jeroboam's wife trying to disguise himself, but the Lord knew exactly who she was and what time she would arrive. Let us be honest with the Lord, not trying to, not trying to put masks on. Let's not mask ourselves for God. Let's take the mask off. Let the world know that who you are. I'm a child of God. I'm honest. I'm, I'm good. I don't want to be a Jeroboam. Let's be honest, folks, with the Lord. Not trying to put a mask on and disguise ourselves from the Lord, but let's live our life openly in obedience to Him. We can serve the Lord anywhere we go. And we keep that channel open when we need to go to Him. We don't have to disguise ourselves. We go directly to the Lord. Directly to the Lord. You know how many times in my coffee break time, in my lunch time, I got people waiting for me to finish work? Just because I'm in the workplace, I'm not going to stop thinking that I'm grateful for the meal that I have. I pray right there, and they wait. They're not saved. And I stop, and they look at me, and I said, may I help you? May we be like that. Open and honest. That's who I am. Who are you? I'm a child of God. Don't be ashamed of that. The world needs to know that our God is real, that our God is powerful, that our God means something to us. He's there to me. He's my God. He's my Savior. He's my King. He's my Heavenly Father. And I honor Him with the life that I live. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, so much for tonight. Lord, how many people mask themselves up, try to disguise themselves from you so you won't recognize them. But Lord, Everyone is naked before you. You know us better than you know ourselves, Lord. I pray, Father, help us, we as your children, Lord, to live an honest, open life with you, Lord, not be like Jeroboam. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.